0: Welcome to 30 Minutes to Wealth, the show that teaches you how to build wealth through real estate. Our company, Profunds Mortgages, has assisted real estate investors in achieving wealth for over two decades. Over the next 30 minutes, we're going to share some of our key strategies in real estate with you, right here on 30 Minutes to Wealth.
1: Hi, I'm Carmen, and this is Jordan. Welcome to 30 Minutes to Wealth the show that teaches you how to build wealth through real estate. Today on the show, we're excited to talk about a very prominent issue, which is the intersection of real estate, technology, and sustainability. We're
0: thrilled to have Subi el Said on the show to discuss more of this
1: topic. Subi, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thanks for having me here. It's going to be a good show. Yeah, we're so
1: excited. Today we're talking about sustainability and development and how the integration of that with technology comes into place and how that can benefit developers and end users. And it's just going to be a really, really cool episode. And we're so excited to hear about everything you have to share and teach us today. So yes, this is such an interesting topic. Um,
0: Why don't you share with our guests how you got started? What have you done? How did you end up in this career?
2: So I'm a mechanical engineer. Uh, I started my career working with uh, a British global construction company, so I I was exposed to a lot of good practices. And (laughs) um, back in the uh, mid to late 1990s, uh, I, I, I can say I worked with really exciting uh, building systems and practices. And when I, I moved back to Toronto, I, I worked in uh, consulting, engineering, and, and design projects for buildings. Mm, um, I got involved in a lot of uh, energy retrofits. And um, I was here when the, um, the early beginnings of the green building movement uh, started to shape up. So, um, uh, and what I noticed is that a lot of the green building practices that were uh, came out as um, additional practices or. Um, measures that have to be done for a building to be labeled green uh, used to be best practices where I, you know, I was working with that British company. So to me, that was the, a, a trigger point or, or motivation to get involved in this green building movement and. My goal is to be part of this movement to make every building green. That's where we need to today.
1: be, for sure.
2: Yeah, so I, I got involved with the uh, the Green Building Council, um, you know, with the green building chapter and the whole uh, LEED certified building movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I got to a point in my career where I wanted to be at the decision-making side of the table. So uh, I got a really exciting uh, opportunity to work with a high-rise builder in Toronto. And uh, the role was uh, so unique and, and exciting uh, where I actually got to to work, run a nonprofit that focused on testing technology in high-rise building. And I had an office at the Mars building, uh, and it was exciting six years of my life. I did my MBA, uh, because I realized, you know, Technical knowledge is great, but uh, if you're working with startup companies and start developing business models and right. mm-hmm. yeah. focusing on feasibility, you need some business uh, knowledge to back up your technical knowledge. You know, for the past uh, ten or so years, I worked with uh, with developers uh, in the GTA area, and my focus was on uh interacting and or, or focusing also on the startup movement and the technology movement in as it comes uh, pertains to real estate. So that started with cleantech, working with VCs as an advisor and uh, now I'm working also with prop tech uh, companies and prop tech is basically short for property technology. So um. there's there's cleantech, there's fintech and now there's prop tech. Wow okay. um,
0: yeah, I'm oblivious to and, any and, of this. So <laughs> the Prop
2: Tech is, is a smart thermostat is a proptech. You know, any mm-hmm. any technology or a platform that make a building more efficient or smart, or okay. now is, is, is grouped under one category, is called the proptech.
0: Right. Very interesting. Now, I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to say, like, are there a lot of buildings currently being developed that are green, um, or are they all still the old school way? Like, uh, we're we're in development as well, and I love this concept, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I would love to see our buildings go in this direction. Um, so are there a lot of them active in, in the GTA right now?
2: Yes, I would say so. Uh, so a lot of buildings, not every not every building that have green measures or, or green efficiencies implemented uh, pursues a certification. Uh, but the most dominant certification programs, uh, at least in Ontario that I know of, are uh, LEED certified buildings. Mm-hmm. That's mostly high-rise and commercial buildings. Mm-hmm. And there's Energy Star for for single-family homes. Yeah, and uh, yes, I see. There's uh, many of these buildings and homes are certified or at least implement a lot of energy standards, and also the building over the past 10 years have, you know, raised the, uh, the bar and, and pushed the envelope uh, as well added energy performance standards uh, in the building code itself.
0: So are there any government subsidizations for builders and developers to uh, implement this in their development projects?
2: Uh, there is usually at the beginning of uh, a, a new requirement. Uh, sometimes, in some cases, some governments would um, also offer some um, subsidies or grants just to help mm-hmm. launch and, and help these kind of measures become adopted in the industry.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, but it's it, the you know government grants keep on changing, and they always you know it's always different programs. Uh, so there's no. Um, uh, consistent program that, uh, that I know of that uh, been around, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the same. Uh, they always keep yeah. changing.
0: Yeah, I would love to see more of that, and I think the government should be much more aggressive. Proactive. Yeah, yeah with that's the that. word. That would
1: be so, Subi, what types of renewable energy sources do you really see making strides in the development realm?
2: Renewable energy has been around for many, many years. Yeah. Actually renewable energy has yeah. existed forever, yeah. so it's the, yeah, sun, and the yeah. sun and the wind and uh, you know, the, uh, the geothermal uh, energy. Yeah, that's uh, a good energy. way of putting it, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it, it what, What's changing is the technology to extract the energy uh, source and deliver it into the end user. Right. And okay. I think this is where the advancement that we're seeing. Um, so now there's more efficient solar panels, there's uh, wind turbines in different sizes, uh, and there's more advanced uh, geo exchange, uh, let's call it, uh, systems that exist right now. What is that? So geothermal is the actual hot water in the, in the ground, that steam that comes out, and that exists in certain parts of the world. So but
0: can you explain what that does, like, just so, so our viewers can understand? The, the
2: perfect analogy I'm going to use is the fridge. If you look at your fridge, mm-hmm. inside it's cold, in the back you have this coil. Mm-hmm. That's that's hot to the touch when you look at it. So these coils are what would be equivalent to the geothermal well that's in the ground. Mm. Uh, so the, inside of the fridge is the building, and what happens in the summertime, that coil have a um, it's a closed loop, so it doesn't you know it doesn't get exposed exposed to the uh, environment around it. Mm-hmm. It has a fluid that extracts the heat from inside your building, and in the summertime, um, basically. Uh, Emit it or or discharge it to the ground because the ground is usually at at that time of the year lower temperature. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about deep, deep, uh, you know, depth of how
0: how deep do they go? Up to 800
2: feet. Yeah, 600, 800 feet. Mm. Uh, So at that level, usually the temperature is is consistent uh, along the year. So it's usually it's cooler in the summer, Mm. and uh, in the winter time it's warmer than the ambient temperature outside. So that fluid gets warmer, and it comes back into the uh, the unit that uh, takes the heat and uses electricity to magnify it and make it heat your home.
0: Right, really so, cool. so does that mean you're, you're not having to pay for gas? You're actually on this system, so I know it costs a lot because I looked into it myself for a house mm-hmm. that I wanted to build. Um, it was extremely expensive. So, how much do people save in implementing something like this on a single-family home?
2: So the, uh, that's the cost of uh, the, the question of cost-effectiveness and feasibility. And, yes. and I think th- if we step back a little bit and look at it from from a higher-level point, uh, there's so many different technologies that you know y- y- utilizes geothermal and solar mm-hmm. and wind. And I think it's there. There is no uh, one-size fits-all solution I think mm-hmm. the the key is in a proper design and the the, the right application for the building type um, so um, one cottage up north with one geothermal um, unit is not as efficient as when you have a group of buildings or a group of homes utilizing uh-huh. a common or, or a mutual yep. uh, system yeah, right. that so that's yeah
1: so talk to that. us I mean about the, yeah. the largest it's the largest geothermal community developed in North America is that right that you were involved with
2: uh, yeah I was involved in that uh, in the, the early um, the early days and uh, basically, this is the the new trend in energy. So, uh, so my role in, in the past ten years with working with developers was on exploring what's coming next. So, mm-hmm. not necessarily what's appropriate for today's market, right. but slowly making the uh, you know making making the way or exploring under pilot projects different sizes of, of projects and scale what's what are the what's around the corner what are the technology mm-hmm. or the business models or the system models that can, uh, that can become the new trend mm-hmm. uh, so this geothermal community the, the premise behind it was uh, is the energy as a service so the, the what's unique about this uh, model of this community is that now geothermal is not one geothermal unit Per house, it's it's a it's a, a utility model. Mm-hmm. So that particular project worked with a third-party utility company, uh, similar to Enwave, um, where this company would own and operate that plant, and it's similar to electricity, like right? you don't have a, a generator for each house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? There's a, there's a grid of electricity right. and, and you tap into it, similar to the, the internet. You don't have a satellite in your backyard to get internet, you, you have a distribution network and you, you just plug into it and you get internet. So the same thing in this particular project, uh, we're basically uh, we're, uh, developing similar model where the heating and cooling in domestic hot water is as a service.
0: So, why would a builder why would a builder or developer do this? Like what is in it for them? Is it marketing because it's green? Is it saving the people that are buying at the end of the day um thousands and thousands of dollars? So, what is the upside for the builder or developer here?
2: Well, I mean, if you look around, you don't see too many builders do these, yeah. uh, you know, mm-hmm. forward-thinking projects and um so usually these things are done by builders who have the the foresight and and you know the innovative steam let's call it to go the extra mile and explore mm-hmm. what's coming around the corner. Nice. Um, so right now the you know energy is heavily regulated industry so electricity and and yes. uh, otherwise other types of energy. So but we see trends or indications that uh, regulations could change in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you have been through this since the energy crisis in the 70s, and you see how their their energy market is completely different from ours. we can't tell when the change is going to happen, but now with, with, with the changes in technology and with the advancement of technology and looking at the new type of customers that are coming into the market, you know, the Gen Zers and the young millennials,
0: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> you need to create excitement. So yeah. uh, they're looking at exciting projects, uh, products. Uh, they love the uh, as a service model, uh, so like instead of you know buying a car they pay for a car share. So instead of yeah. you know buying a It's all changing.
0: And I think we an
2: like equipment Why not pay for the use of the equipment? Yeah. And that's and that's the trend that's driving these kind of initiatives
0: mm-hmm. Well, that's that's really interesting and uh, I, I'd love to talk to you more about this We have to go to break, but um, I'm excited to discuss what's being held in our future Great. So don't go away. We'll be right back
1: Jordan. This is Carmen. Welcome back to 30 Minutes to Wealth. We're here with our guest Subi and we were just talking about sustainability and development. Mm-hmm. And really we were talking about a geothermal community that you were involved in and just kind of the different benefits and, you know, just things that we can expect to see in the future of development yeah. as well. So um, Subi, do you have any more comments just um, as we finish up the conversation on the geothermal just about the benefits and why developers may be looking To implement this,
2: I think it's it's the whole energy ecosystem in general Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of transforming, or or at least now progressive developers are exploring um, ways of bringing in new models. And I think it's driven by, um, and I mean, this is me the optimist. uh, You know, there's always different. uh, opinions about this, but I mm-hmm. think it's the the we see that the trends with the new customer uh, customers are coming into the market where they like the as a service model. You know, they like the excitement about products. It's no longer about you know the needs, it's about the want. I want something, and I, you know, I, and there's a, a big drive towards, mm-hmm. uh, you know, climate change and sustainability and impact and you know having a making a difference while you're living in, in mm-hmm. a home or, or working in an office building, exactly. and also the integration of technology. Um, so, the, the real estate or, or the buildings as we know them, uh, I think they're gonna move maybe slowly, maybe fast. Uh, it's hard to tell, but they're moving in a in a uh, in a way that they're gonna become smart and they're gonna enable um, energy to be produced uh, on them, so they become also. Um, an active contributor to a grid, as opposed to just a passive consumer. Mm-hmm. So now there's a new term for this, which is called a, a prosumer, as opposed to a consumer. Oh, so you become an active contributor. And uh, right now, the regulations um, does not allow us to do this yet. Uh, but I think you know there's talk about um, mm-hmm. uh, deploying or implementing, or at least experimenting with uh, ecosystems that would allow a transactive grid, which means your home or your building you know, can produce a certain amount of energy and then if you're not using it, it can be used by your neighbor or Very it can cool. be used by somebody else. And it's managed through smart technology that would do the transactional piece of it and you don't have mm-hmm. to worry about it. Wow, that's I really think that's, that's the, the future. Mm-hmm. Um, how long is it going to take us to get there? I, I can't really tell you.
1: Wow. Very interesting. Now, you're also the co-founder of NetZed, which is a net zero energy dwelling. Good it's for you. Is that right? Yeah, I got it. Okay, so it's a there. residential <laughs> development um, in okay. Toronto, So, that, which is so cool. So can you talk to us about mm-hmm. what exactly that is? So we,
2: we did this a while ago, so NetZed at the time was one of the coolest names. Um, this is when I was working with a high-rise developer, Tridel, and, and I was managing a, a a nonprofit called Tower Labs, and our goal was again, to explore what's five, ten years uh, down the road, Mm -hmm. uh, what are the new trends uh, that we can experiment with, And this was a pilot, so NetZ is meant to be um, a condo unit that produces as much energy as it uses. Wow. So it's like a net-zero energy uh, unit.
1: So how Uh, does it produce the energy? Like what sources do you...
2: In this particular pilot, so it's only Mm -hmm. one unit uh, in um, a condo on the waterfront, and this particular unit, it has solar panels uh, dedicated for this unit, and it has uh, high-efficiency Envelope, but uh, you know, high, high efficient efficiency uh, domestic hot water mm-hmm. um, tank, et cetera. So it's it, it's efficient to begin with, but then it's, it utilizes renewable energy um, during the day and at night. Basically offsets some of that uh, consumption that the the the, the building uses.
0: What are the costs to that uh,
1: homeowner uh, for having a unit like this? Yeah, like would there be like very minimal costs then if you're like if you're bringing in as much energy as you're using?
2: Yeah, That's I mean, exact. obviously there's additional costs compared to the conventional way we build right now. So mm-hmm. Cost
0: to build, but when you live there, are, are you paying large hydro bills? Are you, you know, are you paying gas mm-hmm. and things like this? So,
2: so the, I mean, in terms of the consumption yes. uh, piece, that would definitely come down and in theory should come to close to zero.
0: Wow, that would be amazing to see. So is any of this being initiated currently? Today, Like, do we have these
2: on the market? Well, net-zero buildings in general now is a big topic, you know, and, and, you know, zero-carbon buildings now also uh, being driven by the Green Building Council. Um, Because of the nature of uh, real estate ownership, commercial buildings and office buildings are usually uh, relatively easier to uh, adopt these standards Mm. um, versus residential. Um, But I think it's the trend has been consistently moving forward, maybe slowly. Uh, politics so usually, uh, you know, slows or, or expedites. Yeah. Uh, but I think we're compared to when I started working in green buildings, we've made big strides. So in how right long has that been? Oh, Fifteen years. Okay.
0: So hopefully, the next next step will be really quick, and we'll get into I this. I think so. Yeah.
2: I think so. I think the um, the, the prog- progress now is not as slow as it used to be. Like every year, the progression towards these targets is becoming faster compared to the previous year.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, just like technology now, it's crazy. The smart home was such a big thing 10 years ago. Um, and now it's everybody's getting it. It's just common. It's a normal thing to
2: have a smart. Yeah, and, and it's also the, um, I think, customers, the new generation of customers yes. are going to be a big driver behind this. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I I never grew up with a smartphone, uh, or with a phone for that matter, so mm-hmm. having a smartphone now, at one point it was nice to have. So if I, my, my condo or my, my house was not smart, was not a big deal, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. now we're talking about new generation of customers that grew up with technology, with yes. smartness. Mm-hmm. It's really change
1: voice thing, yeah. Voice activation,
2: yeah. So now it's expected. The new generation mm-hmm. of customers expect these things mm-hmm. in, in homes. and. You know, like everything else, it will be growing pains, but I think we're we're moving in the right direction.
1: So, what kind of tech trends do you see making their way? I know we touched on it a little bit, but is there anything you can elaborate on that you think is going to be making its way into the real estate sector, with you know, necessarily like development or even for um, you individual know, owners. yeah, individual like people that are like renting out properties and mm-hmm. how to attract tenants in a more mm-hmm. um, enticing way? Like, is there anything you can share with us? Well,
2: the, the challenge with technology is that when we start talking about it, by the time we're done. It's already, already on to
1: something so, else, right? <laughs>
2: yeah. But, I mean, things that we can see certain certain areas of, mm-hmm. of being you know, influenced in buildings, uh, like you know, voice activation, I think, is becoming a good thing, mm-hmm. uh, or becoming more adopted now. Um, you now you, know, you can talk to your thermostat, you know, mm-hmm. like Ecobee, for example, is a, a perfect example of this. You can talk to your home assistant, you can turn off lights and unlock doors by just talking to your house basically. Yep. Uh, now do you, you think know. there's any
1: like concerns with that like you know people being able to like you know, like these things malfunctioning um, because security? of technology. Yeah, security and then that Absolutely, absolutely, right? of it's course,
2: and, and that's the next trend is now mm-hmm. cybersecurity is becoming a big topic, right? right. How do you protect, you know, how, mm-hmm. and then and then integration of, of these services because when you have five, six companies, you know, made five, six products in your home, how do you make sure they talk to each other? So the integration of the technology really is also right. another area that needs need some work and yeah. Yeah. and, and needs some development um, and data obviously it's also a big topic right now so everything in, in your in our life today is generating data
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, and yeah. up until now it was your devices your wearable devices but i think your your home is going or your building is generating data as well and no, it's not necessarily bad um, but also it's an area where now there's companies who are focusing on data governance and data security and cyber security and integration of, of different platforms.
0: Oh my gosh, this is crazy. I can't believe where everything is today. I mean, I'm, I'm just seeing over the years, like from the 90s till, until now. Yeah. yeah. We have just leaps and bounds. I'm just seeing all this new technology, and it's just mind-blowing how much how much everything has changed. Mm-hmm. So what's on the horizon for you? What's exciting, what's going on, what's next?
2: Well, now I've been focusing on uh, working with startup companies uh, as a mentor and advisor and, and venture capital funds, uh, mm. focusing on clean tech and prop tech, um, and um, prop tech is becoming a, a major area of focus for for investors. Um, and I think uh, we're gonna hit a point where PropTech is going to be uh, categorized, so you'll you'll see. Right now, uh, PropTech encompasses a lot of products and technologies. Uh, so it would be a smart cities and smart homes. Uh, we'll look at indoor farming and, and smart green roofs and blue roofs are could That's become also cool. part of part of PropTech um, and even platforms, you know, like leasing platforms, smart contracts. Uh, all these platforms that help optimize and uh, the leasing process and the commercial, um, or the or the even the sales process of, of buildings. So um, it's it's still uh, young uh, and it's um, you know it's a young part of the uh, the technology industry. But mm-hmm. I think,
0: uh, like but I said, think it's, it's the way that
1: we need to be going. And, mm-hmm. You know, especially with the sustainability front mm-hmm. and just looking at the world globally and the need for this. And I think it's it's so great that we've got these developments and you're seeing. Um, you know worldwide all these these new buildings with like the green roofs and all these new things coming into play and i think it's really exciting and it's it's definitely a much needed um, avenue for us to be getting into for sure
0: it's also very hard to keep on top of all of this all Mm -hmm. these changes like how do you even keep up with it all? You know, I guess well, you gotta I mean, chime in with someone like yourself. So,
1: so, so
2: technology <laughs> uh, implementation strategy is going to be a whole, you know, segment of, of mm-hmm. our industry that's going to be, you know, in in the spotlight because yeah. um, like you said, there's so much technology out there and, and mm-hmm. you know, unless the um, uh, whoever's is implementing it um, you know does this in, in a, in a well-thought process and trying mm-hmm. to create, create convenience, create value and solve problems, um, you'll end up with, with piles and piles of technology that's going to be conflicting with each other or creating more problems than solutions. So mm-hmm. how do you deploy technology to for specific business needs or specific building needs is going to be a key part of, of the uh, evolution of, of PropTech.
0: Wow, well guess what, our, our time is up. Our show is over. <laughs> I wish we could hear more from you, but that yeah. was just amazing. Yeah,
1: thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge um, with us. It's been, it's definitely been very rewarding to hear about everything that's happening and what we can expect to see in development and sustainability and technology.
2: Yeah, great, so well thanks for having me here. Well thank you it's so It's been much. great, thank you so much.
1: Yeah, if you're interested in learning more, you can go to 30 Minutes to Well to see the rest of our episodes. Thank you for watching. Go create well.